Hey, it's Jed Hearn, host of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. If you're enjoying the writing advice on this show, you might like my new podcast, The Jed Hearn Show, where every week I share the best fantasy writing advice that I've learned from publishing three fantasy novels and a best-selling video game. There's over 12 episodes that you can listen to right away, including my top 10 fantasy books of all time, how to make fantasy names that don't suck, two rules that make writing effortless, and my complete summaries of Brandon Sanderson's and Neil Gaiman's writing classes, and much more. Check it out by searching for The Jed Hearn Show in your podcast app. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Wizards, Warriors and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast. I'm Jed Hearn, author of Across the Broken Stars, and I'm joined by my co-hosts for the first episode of 2022, starting with Michael R. Fletcher. Hi, I'm Michael R. Fletcher, uh, author of Dark Fantasy, which is behind me, In the Dark. And Rob J. Hayes. Hi, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm Rob J. Hayes, author of, uh, we'll go with Mortal Techniques, there we go. Nice. And this is our very first episode kicking off uh, 2022. Can you believe it? This is season three of the podcast. We're still in the How has no one stopped us from doing this? Uh, they have. Like, I've just barricaded the front door. Oh, okay. Oh. All right, cool. Yeah. And it's, it's soundproof, so you can't hear them trying to, trying to get in to stop us recording. Um, yeah. We, so, we so now we're stopped. in season three. Are we going to start introducing a, uh, a storyline? You know, like have an over, overreaching arc. Stop being monster of the week. Uh, and uh, I think Fletcher should become the bad guy. Oh, I like it. It would be also, too obvious, don't you reckon? The shark episode where it's all just flashbacks to conversations we've previously had. <laughs> I like that. That's what this one is. <laughs> I like that. This is, this can be a nice little uh, yeah flashback episode. Well, that actually is actually that is totally on point. So nice work bringing that up, Fletcher, because I thought for today's episode to start off the new year, we could talk a little bit about last year and specifically some of the writing lessons that we learned and things that we discovered through the various projects that we did uh, in 2021. So to kind of start this off, why don't we all go through and just briefly recap the stories we published last year and things we were writing last year, if we can, if we can talk about them. I don't know, some of you might not want to. Yeah, if we can remember. Yeah, share exact details or just remember them in the first place. Um, so Rob, do you want to kick off first? Uh, sure. Okay. So last year, 2021, I published uh, two new Mortal Techniques books. I published um, Pawn's Gambit, which was book two, uh, and uh, Spirits of Vengeance, which was book three. And um, I was writing... Uh, what did I write last year? 
I wrote books last year. I'm sure I did. Uh, I wrote book four of The War Eternal, Eska's book four. Uh, and Sins uh, of the Mother, right? Yes, Sins of the Mother, uh, which is releasing May. Ooh, very exciting. And I wrote my um, sci-fi, uh, sorry, sci-fantasy, progression fantasy thing. Um, which doesn't sound like I wrote a lot. What's the name of the progression fantasy thing? Uh, it's called Titan Hoppers. Um, I'll probably be publishing it under a pseudonym. Interesting. Okay, that'll be cool um, to see how that goes. Crazy. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so you're like just sure you're setting it up to tank like from day one. Yeah, pretty much. So if this fails, I'm just gonna be like, nah, forget. But um, <laughs> it's it's a different genre and it's it's progression fantasy and all that lot. So I thought I'll go with a pseudonym and uh, yeah. I mean, you did, did literally have books we were embarrassed about, though. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> it's worthwhile remembering, Rob. In our last episode with Will White, you literally had the world's best-selling progression fantasy author say he likes your progression fantasy-esque stuff in the Mortal Techniques. So I know that's a pretty good. Sending a copy. I was yeah. Like, All right. <laughs> um, could be worthwhile looking into. I think. Okay, so. Last year you had you had two releases and then you had two, two projects that you were working on. Yes, cool. and it's it's weird because it doesn't feel like I wrote much, but I'm I'm sure I must have written more. Um, I, I was very I, to be honest, I, uh, I I think I'd finished writing Spirits of Vengeance last year as well, so there's that much as well. Cool. Um, and uh, I, I don't know I learned quite a few lessons last year. First off, I actually learned to take a break. Um, which I'm kind of doing right now as well because uh, burnout's a thing and uh, it hit me pretty hard uh, last year. There were, there were points where I was just like, I'd, I'd, I'd get like a good Monday and Tuesday uh, writing and then Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, I'd, just, I'd be struggling and I just couldn't concentrate and I was just angry because I couldn't write properly. And yeah, and I, I realised I was just sort of teetering on the edge of burnout and like uh, it wasn't a good place to be. So I'm trying to take take a bit more time off, and not beat myself up so much when I'm not getting words down on the page. It's difficult. Yeah, seriously difficult. It is, and it's it's something that a lot of authors I know who are, have been going through it. Um, and I think a large part of that is due to, well, we're still in what are we now year three of the plague, uh, which is affecting everybody still. I didn't think it was affecting me. Turns out it is um and uh yeah so burning out and trying not to do it taking breaks that's that's one of my big big lessons learned what would you say for writers who like aren't sure if they are or are not experiencing burnout like based on your experience what would you say are some of the like warning signs or, or red flags or just hints that maybe you are experiencing this thing and you could benefit from taking a break um, I mean, for me, it was it was very much this. I, I'd get a really good Monday down, like I'd, I'd take the weekend off, and then I'd come back on Monday feeling refreshed, and I'd be like, bang, four thousand words, um, nailing it. And then Tuesday, I'd be like, okay, yeah, maybe three thousand. And then it comes to Wednesday, and I'm like, yeah, I'm struggling to get one thousand words down. And it was just it was just a constant decline through the week um, that that really made me go, oh shit, I I think I'm teetering on the edge here. This is this is not good um so that that was the biggest indicator for me when i i really realized this isn't sustainable i'm not i'm not getting 
not getting my my weekly words down and it's it's starting to anger me and yeah so that, that that's it for me anyway i think it's probably one of those things where it's very different for every person though what did you do in those periods of rest to try to recover from the burnout and what was the most kind of effective things and what were there, were there any things that were maybe not that effective um to be honest the hardest bit about it is literally stopping because i just want to continue i've got you know i've got so many stories to to that still in my head that i, I want to keep writing so i was just like it was a real struggle for me to stop and the worst bit about it was the fact that my brain kept telling me it's wrong to stop you know so i'd be like i'd I'd be going and playing a computer game. And then after half an hour playing the computer game, I'm like, this is time wasted. I could be writing or something instead. Um, which isn't good as well, because you you need to, you, you still need to do things like play computer games or watch TV or read books in order to, to you know, get the, the creative juices flowing. Because, you know, that's, that's, that's the sort of thing that's inspired me over the years. And it's gonna, that's the thing that's going to keep inspiring me. Um, so as to sort of like what didn't work, uh, I don't actually know. Um, I mean, it's something I'm still struggling with at the moment. At the moment, I'm I'm on enforced enforced leave. Uh, my my wife, not wife, has basically said no working um, until like uh, first week of January, I guess. So, um, so I'm I'm just sitting down, reading a lot, and uh, being dragged out for walks by a beagle. That's that's basically what I'm doing at the moment. <laughs> I think you bring up a good point there about trying to overcome that sense of guilt that you have when you're doing something fun like playing a video game like reading a book like watching a movie or something and that is something that I feel I used to maybe have like a little bit of guilt over that in the past because I'm like oh I'm doing something that's not that difficult or challenging and I could be writing in this time and I think you got to remind yourself that that is actually one of the most valuable things that you can be doing as a writer is recharging and replenishing that creative well, because when you start out as a writer, you know, you have all of this material in the back of your head from years and years and years of reading books, watching movies, TV series, video games, whatever it is. And then that carries you through, I think the first couple of years of writing really well. But if you kind of just dedicate yourself solely to writing during that period, you do reach a point where you're like, I don't have any ideas left anymore. Like my creative well is really depleted because I haven't been adding to it. So yeah, trying to keep up that habit of doing these things is really useful. And I think the thing that helped me a bit with that personally, and it, maybe this is kind of a perversion of it, so it might not work for everybody, but something that's made me a lot less guilty about watching films recently is having a, a like document on my computer where every time I watch a film, I like just write down a couple of writing lessons that I've learned from it. And I've been doing it for the last half year or so. And it's been great because I'm like, I enjoy watching the film and I totally don't have my brain switched into that writing mode when I'm watching it. And then a day, a few days after, you know, I think about it again. I'm like, oh, this thing was really cool. And that's like, that sort of inspired me in this way. And then you write it down. And so it's kind of like the best of both worlds where you get to enjoy doing this thing. And you also get to like benefit from it in a meaningful, tangible way as a writer. And even if you don't do that, like, like there's still, there's still total value to <laughs> just sitting down and enjoying a book because hopefully that's the experience that you're trying to create for your readers. And if you're not able to experience that yourself, then how can you possibly create that for someone else? Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Um, and uh, yeah, like 
you definitely need to, to to keep to keep reading, to keep watching, to keep doing these things. And yeah, part of it is definitely yeah, you're you're picking up new ways to do things, new ideas, all of that lot. I mean, I, I've been working through a lot of uh, Korean dramas on Netflix, um, watching through those, and uh, I've learned some really good lessons because there's some really good ones out there. And the way they do sort of like it's the way they sort of tell the story and the, the way they leave everything on on these these series of escalating cliffhangers. Um, and yeah, the show's just like, they really hook you in and sort of like drag you along. So that's something that I've been like, ooh, interesting. That's awesome. <laughs> Any particular ones to recommend? Um, yeah, there's been, I mean, obviously Squid Game's the big one. I'm, I'm sure most people have probably heard of that one. Oh yeah. But uh, I recently watched a, a crime drama one called My Name, um, which is uh, sort of about a... Uh, a a lass whose who's father is a, a crime lord who, who dies and then she goes on a bit of a revenge spree to try and find out who uh, who killed him, basically, and, and take revenge. And uh, it was just, it was absolutely fascinating. And the characters felt so alive that it just dragged you in and, and really hooked you into it. Um, it was kind of like, it, it was kind of the same level of uh, immersion and, and feel for the characters that I got from reading things like uh, Jade City um, and Jade War and soon, hopefully, Jade Legacy. I really need um, to read that series. It sounds like it's totally up my it's alley. It's amazing. It's honestly one of the best things I've read in the past few years. It's, it's absolutely astounding. So It's yeah, Fonda no, Lee, the author, um, right? Yes, Fonda Lee. Yeah. I wonder if we should try to see if she wants to come on the show. <laughs> I'd, I'd get her on go for it <laughs> get everybody on I, th I think we should start aiming for the, for the for the stars as well let's get brandon sanderson on here i would die if we had brandon sanderson on i'd be so happy <laughs> he's the best yeah i'd love for that you're, to gonna, you're gonna get me in trouble yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's all right mike you can have someone on who i i don't i don't like or whatever you can have some <laughs> no it, see that won't happen because i actually like good writers Oh. We're trying to get Brandon Sanderson on the yeah, show. I what knew you, you were going to get me in trouble. God damn it. I walked right into that. Don't one. do this, Mike. Um, I mean, to I be fair, I'm listening to Cytonic do... by Brandon Sanderson at the moment, and it's not great. <laughs> Don't you dare. Don't you dare. I've got Cytonic sitting right over here. I haven't started it yet. It's like my New Year's presents myself, and I'm very excited it's for it. It's a bit it. crap. Don't say it. Don't say it. It is. It's crap. We're trying to get Sanderson on the show. We're not trying to criticize him here. I just want. I just want to say I do not agree with any of these other comments that are <laughs> flinging around from my co-hosts. And what whatever is the opposite of condoning, I don't. I don't condone them. Consider them uncondoned. Condemning. Anyway, what is that? Condemning. <laughs> condemning. Oh yeah, condemn. You're, yeah, consider your comments condemned. Your comments yeah, are in condemning a, and condoning. They're, they're, they're very close together, though, aren't they, Jed? I mean, which one are you really doing? I don't know anymore. I don't know anything anymore. <laughs> I thought you guys supported me in my dream to talk to Sanderson, but it seems like it'll never happen now. Big sad. How about, we all love Abercrombie, right? Can we get him on? Yeah. Great. No concern. I mean, I love some of his books. No, Rob, what are you doing? I thought Red County was a bit shit. Oh, I love Red Country. Is it country? Or if it was yes. county? Red County. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be like the follow-up in 20 years time when he's like out of money and he's like yeah let's just cash in on this godfather three style i thought that's what red country was just a cash in well it'll be a double cash in no i, mean, I like best red of country. golden heroes were pretty good <laughs> what's that best of golden heroes were pretty good i mean heroes is amazing i gotta reread that that was the book that made me like yeah 
really, really like Abercrombie. I think that was amazing. Yeah. I've heard a lot um, of good about his new series, but I haven't read it yet. Yeah, I've, I've been like sort of saving that until all three books are out. And now they're all out. I'm like, it's going to be a good couple of weeks when I get those and just can plow through the whole thing because it sounds like sounds like it's been good, but haven't read it yet. So I'll reserve judgments. Um, what were we talking about before we started criticizing the authors that I really wanted to get on the show and that I deeply loved? <laughs> I don't know. We just started shit oh, 2021 lessons learned what we got. That's right. That's that right. Crap. But yeah, so what about you, Mike? What uh, what writing projects did you uh, publish last year? What writing projects did you release last year? Sorry, work on last year. Yeah, so I think I think I released two books in 2021. Uh, she Dreams in Blood, the sequel to Blackstone Heart, and Norilska Groans, written with uh, Clayton W. Snyder, uh, which is currently an SPFBO finalist. Yay! Well, um, but is sorry. going to just an SPFBO to a, winner, please. Probably either Forever King or uh, uh, Legacy of the Brightwash, I think. Um, so I released those two books. I wrote an ungodly amount. Uh, and I, I think I wrote about 90,000 words in three false starts uh, on the last Manifest Delusion, not Manifest Delusions, uh, on the last uh, Obsidian Path book. Uh, you almost made a lot of people very happy there. <laughs> yeah, well, I, we'll we'll talk about that later. Um, so I, I started it three times. Uh, got twenty to thirty thousand words in or more, like each time, and then just hated it. Fucking totally hated it. Trashed it. Started again. Um, and on the fourth time, uh, it was also going to be a false start. I I set it aside and was like, fuck, I just can't do this. Um, I think I just walked away from it for a month, came back and was like, all right, dude, just, just read what you have. See if it actually really is as bad as you think it is. And when I read through it, it was actually um, a lot better than I thought. And I realized, you know, looking at that, I'm kind of like, I suspect if I, if I could dig up that, uh, that very first false start, it probably would have been fine. You know, I, I, I think I was just not in the right place to finish the book at the time um so uh as, in terms of shit i got actually finished and written um finished uh the last uh, obsidian path book and end of sorrow uh actually just a couple of weeks ago first draft so it's currently out with my uh with a couple of beta readers um sorry what was that second one you mentioned is that the insect floating cities one no, 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 uh, no, that's, so I did world building on that. There's, I don't know, 30,000 words of world building done on that thing and character development. Uh, the last Obsidian Path book. Got it. Uh, wrote Got it. and finished that in 2021. Uh, oh, also had a false start. Uh, no, maybe not a false start. A, a start on a, another Norilsko book, but we kind of set that aside for a different project, which I will talk about later when we're a little farther into it. And once we feel confident that we're actually going to finish the thing. Um, is this the secret project you mentioned on Twitter? Yeah, yeah, secret project. Not so, so secret anymore. Yeah, well, it's still secret. Nobody actually knows what we're doing, kind of. <laughs> uh, well, some people might guess. Anyway, whatever. Uh, so I think that's it for writing, like all told, 100, 200, 250, 300,000 words or more this year. Um, like between uh, world building documents, various false starts, books actually finished, 
so it's like i you know i i wrote a lot uh it feels weird if you know i released two books but that feels like i was slacking somehow yeah but but i was like how how can two books in one year be slacking yeah. and i'm looking at the next year i'm like oh i want to release three books but i don't know if i can 2022 i think it'll be two books again yeah it feels like a slippery slope doesn't it it's like you, just, like, you get to the point where you're like i should be i should be writing more i should be releasing more and more and more yep. and more and yeah yep. I right now have one, two, three books kind of on the go. Um, and like you said, so many ideas. You got so many books you want to write and there's just, there's not enough time or there's enough time. There's just not enough me to, yeah. to do it all. Um, and it's very frustrating. And like, I get burnout and I don't really know what to do with it. I kind of write until I burn out. And my, that's the way I deal with it. I write until I just fucking crash hard. And then I stop until I can write again. And then I just throw myself back into it. I, you know, like avoiding burnout. Like I can't, I can't stop until I have to. I, I, they're probably a smarter person would, would figure out some way of like pacing themselves. But it's <laughs> like, it's go, 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 hit the wall, lie on the floor you know, doing whatever you need to do, get drunk, play video games until you're kind of like, you lift your head up and look around and go like, Oh, I have an idea. I need to write this. See, I think that's pretty much what I've been doing and it's, it's not good. (laughs) Yep. So yeah. uh, I I don't know about pacing, pacing myself either personally. I'm just like, yeah, I get to the point where I'm just absolutely exhausted and can't keep going. Yep. That could be almost worthwhile doing a full episode on burnout. Sounds like we've got a heap to talk about on the topic. Yeah, I think so. It might be a very depressing episode. <laughs> we'll all wear. I think I think a good depressing episode every now and then is a fantastic idea. Yeah, sure, I mean, like you want to be a writer? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> good luck with that. Are you ready for the pain? Nice. Um, yeah, in terms of stuff I did this year, this was kind of a weird one because. This is the first year that I haven't published anything since oh, you fucking I think slacker. 2018, which is kind of crazy. Um, I mean, 2018 was like a short story or a few short stories that got published. So not the same level as novels and everything. But last year, yeah, had, sorry, 2020 had like two novels that came out. 2019 had one novel that came out. This year, nothing that came out. And yet it's probably the most I've ever written in terms of what I was working on was the interactive fiction game, um, The Sage of Treblin, which the other day I, I saw like the preview come up for the, the Steam store page for it, which is kind of cool. Um, How's that like, out? What's that? When's it out? On the Steam page, it says March, March of next year. Right, okay. I haven't finished editing it yet, so I don't know how <laughs> don't solid that date is. You don't have, you don't have time to stop. There's, there's <laughs> no downtime for you. Yeah, um, I don't think there'll be that much longer left. It's probably a few more days of editing the third draft, then it's off to the playtesters, and then it'll get proofread, which I don't really need to be involved in that much. Then some final edits about after that, and then it'll be slotted into their release schedule um, whenever it comes out. Uh, So yeah, like hopefully that should come out soon. Now I started writing this in, it would have been... late 2020 but i pitched to them initially in 
like early 2020. So by the time it comes out, it will have been a two-year project. Yeah, um, and the total what's, what's word total count, word count is, for this beast? Total word count is 260,000 words. Oof. So that is why I felt like I wrote a lot last year without actually <laughs> yeah, publishing man, that's, anything. That's pretty much a trilogy. Like, I mean... Yep. Well, here's I, the thing, I, right? I calculated that based on the fact that when I've been writing this story, in fact, I've got my extremely nerdy uh, calculation prediction things right here um because i i've mentioned this before on the show but basically i keep a big excel spreadsheet that just has all of my writing stats in it i find it really motivating to see the numbers tick up um uh yeah so where was it uh i figured out that i don't know the exact stats here but basically because i have to write and code the game simultaneously um it was like for an hour spent on this i would get 60 to 70 percent as many words down as i would for an hour writing a regular novel so actually it was even less it was like probably close to 50 percent. so what i figured out is that the 260,000 words that i spent on this project would probably have been equivalent to close to half a million words on Oof. a regular novel type project um Jesus. That's, yeah. that's impressive yeah thank you <laughs> Yeah, it, it definitely feels like this year has been a huge exercise in endurance. Um, in, and it's, it's been great because I feel like it's, it's really upgraded my ability to have a sense of writing stamina. Um, coming from my previous long, longest book was uh, this thing over here, which was like Across Broken Stars, which was 80,000 words. Um, and at the time I was like, wow, that's a lot of words. But this thing is, what's that? Like more than three times longer than it and then some? um so yeah when it's all added up the three books i've published so far if you add all of their word counts together and then you add another across the broken stars on the end of that it's the same length as this one story so yeah anyway basically i've just said it in 20 million different ways it's been really long that's probably been the main <laughs> takeaway this year is this has been a really long and intensive <laughs> writing project but i think it's been super worth it i've really enjoyed writing the game and it has made me I think focus a lot more on the importance of choice in stories, which is a bit of an obvious one. You know, the game mechanic is all about the different ch choices you make. And it's sort of a choose your own adventure style thing. Although you can't say choose your own adventure for copyright reasons. So I mean that hypothetically. And it's really cool because it forces you to put the player character into positions where they have to make really difficult choices. Um, and I think that that's, in a lot of ways, the core of what makes novels really interesting as well. When you give characters these intensely difficult decisions where there is no right answer. In fact, they're all just wrong answers and they have to pick one. And it tells you a lot about a character, the decisions they make during those moments of crises. So I think that's something that I will be hopefully carrying across next time I do a regular novel project. Um, and yeah, that's, that's the other thing that I sort of started doing in the last month of last year is starting to outline uh, the next thing, which is tentatively planned to be a trilogy. Um, and I think it'll be, it'll be interesting, like going back into writing a regular novel after doing this totally different medium for so long. Um, I'm hoping I should be a lot quicker at it uh, because I think this thing has definitely, you know, made me a lot faster just because it's been hard to do the coding and everything um but yeah it's been it's been a really interesting experience writing the game I, I super enjoyed it i'll probably do another one eventually someday maybe not for a while but it's been good and yeah hopefully that should come out like 
early next year or so, which is exciting. Ah, good work. Cheers, man. Yeah, so... And fingers crossed the, uh, the new trilogy flies out. Yeah, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, that's been, yeah, it's been quite interesting. So, yeah, what would you guys think in terms of uh, the craft of writing? Uh, we've, we've probably got, like, another five minutes before we wrap up this episode. In terms of, like, the craft of writing... Do you guys think that there's any particular lessons that you kind of pulled out of the projects you were doing this year? So for example, you know, with my choice of games thing, I mentioned the, with the Siege of Trevlin story, I mentioned the importance of giving the main character difficult choices, right? That's, that's probably been the biggest thing that I've taken away from this year. What for you guys would be some of the writing lessons that you've, you know, maybe not learned, it could be relearned or just strengthened um, throughout the last year. For me, I would say um, if you're maybe if you're thinking about dropping a book that you've started, set it aside and come back to it rather than dropping it and then immediately starting to write it again. Because, uh, you know, like I said, I started that thing three times and probably any one of them were, was fine. Um, but I, I kind of like I, I hit a point where I wasn't sure what was going on, really didn't feel the motivation for the characters, just shit wasn't clicking and I dropped it and went, okay, no, no, no. I got to scrap all that. I got to start again. And, and just did this sort of fresh start each time. Never, you know, for those first three, I never sort of set it aside when, okay, let's do something else and come back to it. I just like manically hurled myself back into it, which is, you know, clearly dumb. So before you completely drop a project, consider, you know, setting it aside and giving it a bit of time as you might find when you come back to it, it's not so bad. Good lesson. Um, I think for me, I, I learned, uh, it's probably relearned. Eska keeps teaching me the same fucking lesson. Listen to your characters. Uh, like, I, I mean, I had this problem with, uh, with, with book two of Eska's series, Lessons Never Learned, where it just wasn't really flowing. And, and I, I powered through and wrote an entire book, which I then scrapped because it was a pile of crap. Um, and I, I, I swear, I learned the same damn lesson in book four because... Uh, like it was going well and then there was a point where it wasn't and I just I, I wasn't feeling it and it just it felt like a slog and I, I just sort of like it was because it was just it had gone wrong and uh it was, it was almost like you know Eska was telling me this isn't the way to go turn back um and I just wasn't listening so I was powering on and uh, I ended up I think I deleted something like 30,000 words of, of that book and just scrapped it and went right where this is, where I've been trying to make this go isn't working. Let's roll it back to where it was working and just go in a slightly different direction. Same overall things happened in the story mostly, but I just got rid of a section that just didn't work and replaced it with a different section, um, which did. So yeah, it was just sort of listening to my characters. If if they're telling me this isn't the way to go, then it's probably not the way to go. Yeah, and I think the other lesson I keep learning, which is I learn with every single fucking book is endings are difficult. Like the last, especially like the ending of the last book of your trilogy. Like, holy shit, how are you going to make everybody happy? Like you want that sweet, sweet denouement. And yet you kind of want to leave a little, something a little bit open. And, but you have to close things off. You have to finish off storylines and goddamn. Wrote, <laughs> I wrote the ending for End of Sorrow four times before I was happy. And I think I got it because so far 
uh, I've heard from two beta readers and they're like, thumbs up. Fuck. Yeah. So that's good. But fuck, this is difficult. Yeah. It's easy just to write two books and then ignore book three. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant plan. Just, just a little seven. jab to the ribs there. Oh, That's yeah, it. Just start the year off with, uh, yeah, some some bruised rib bones. Nice stuff. Fucker. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap up uh, our first episode of the new year. Uh, hope you enjoyed that, listening or watching to this. Um, we're really trying to grow the podcast this year. So, you know, if you are a listener of this and you've been a listener of this for a long time, really appreciate if you could go ahead and share this with uh, a friend of yours who's into writing, um, or a friend of yours who isn't into writing but would enjoy listening to us for some reason, which apparently Rob was saying before we started recording, there is a market for that. That's true. People some who people listen. just like listening to us because we chat, we're friends, we're company. That's come, it. Come join us. Come join sit us. Sit beside us. Put us on in the background. Don't talk. Don't us. talk. Just listen to us. But yeah, sit beside. Yeah. <laughs> now you can talk. You can send us responses to episodes. That's that's how we get the conversation going. And we have actually had quite a few cool comments come through um yeah so if you have been enjoying this you know we'd really love to help this podcast grow and the benefit of this podcast growing is it really makes it a lot easier to get big guests on um and that will counterbalance the fact that we've insulted all the authors i want to get on earlier in this episode (laughs) so uh yeah maybe maybe don't share this episode with those authors but yeah we'd love to get some you know some bigger guests on and the, the best way that you can help us do that is by sharing this episode with your friends or any in writing groups that you're part of or whatever um and that will help a lot also just want to say massive thank you to our patrons um we launched our patron uh just under a year ago and it's been going really really strong so really thank you for all of our patrons for supporting us especially big thank you to our high tier patron daniel henderson um yeah so thanks for listening to our first episode of the year and we will see you next week bye everybody see ya. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.